Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. How's it going, Rangers and overall hockey fans? Thank you guys so much for chiming in for the latest live show of Rangers Review. This is episode 66, the start of the new season for the team in New York, that being in the Rangers, not the Islanders, folks. I'm sorry to break any hearts here. We got any Islanders fans chiming in on YouTube or, of course, listening to the podcast somehow. But Stephen and I, we have a lot to deep dive over the first week of games for the New York Rangers Games one through four to be exact. We'll be giving you guys quick recaps on those games. Just, you know, the big highlights. What were the goals? How the Rangers fare? And then from there, we're going to be sharing a lot of deep dive analysis on the Rangers overall performance, which has been nothing short of truly a hot start. We got a lot to get into. I'm really excited, Steven. What a start to the year for the New York Rangers, right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, we talked about this in the weeks leading up to the season. Um, Are the Rangers going to start the way they finish the postseason are the kids gonna build on their postseason performance is the bandage finally gonna have like a good start to the season or is he gonna start slow again what about panarin is panarin fully healthy what can we expect from shush jorkin and honestly you know the rangers the rangers start the season at home against the tempo a lightning and i was i was hoping for a win but again it is the tempo a lightning so we knew it was going to be a tough one, but um, yeah, the Rangers come through at home, home opener, you know, the player presentation and everything, which unfortunately was not televised because this game was on ESPN or TNT. I forget which one. Uh, they, they both suck anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Rangers, uh, I mean, they, they did not score an even strength goal until midway through the third period, but Man, what a game. Zibanejad shorthanded to open the scoring for the Rangers. First time ever, the Rangers' first goal of the season is a shorthanded goal. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, three minutes, 25 into the second period. uh, Zibanejad with a really nice move on Vasilevsky to the front-hand, backhand, and then he roofs it into the corner. Yep. and Vasilevsky was having a really good game. You know, let's let's not take anything away from that. We win 3-1, but Vasilevsky kept them in the game. Um, Stamkos tied it up on a power play six minutes later, assisted by Kucherov and Point. And he already leads the league in goals with six. So nothing to, you know, feel ashamed about there. True, true. Uh, but he's the only one that's doing anything for Tampa. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll get into the other two goals for like this game, but Tampa's one and three. Yeah, n- not the hot start that they were hoping for. Tampa, Tampa is really missing McDonough and Sorelli. Sorelli's on IR. McDonough's in Nashville. Yep. I think the McDonough losses are hurting them more than they than they anticipated. Um, yep. But yeah, third period, uh, Zibanejad on the power play this time, assisted by Panarin and Kreider. Uh, a laser from his usual spot. Um, and Kreider, uh, Zibanejad becoming only the fourth player, or sorry, fourth or fifth in NHL history to score a shorthanded and power play goal in, in the first game of the season. Yeah, pretty um, neat stat for Mika. It makes sense yeah. that's him, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one other Ranger who ever did it, and that was Adam Graves in 1996. Nice. 
Uh, and then to finish the game off, uh, Barkley Goudreau uh, midway through the third period, assisted by Lindgren and Carpenter. Carpenter getting his first point as a Ranger in his Rangers debut at the Garden. Uh, Goudreau getting his first goal of the season in the home opener. First time Goudreau scores in the first game of the season against his old team. Um, and yeah, the Igor better Igor better chance were were coming out. <laughs> Rangers and, fan uh, pulling nothing back in game one. Love to see it. At this point, I know some people don't like it, but at least it's something original, right? Yeah. I'm just tired of hearing "Let's go Rangers." This is the only chant you ever hear, and Pod fan sucks. So yeah. to hear something new, it's refreshing. But yeah, the well, Rangers... for the longest time it was Henrik. So now the Rangers have their own different versions of that. Well, yeah, I mean they, yeah. they have an Igor chant, but when you play the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the whole world is still saying that Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world, and Shevchukin outplays him, and won the Vezina last season, was a hard finalist. Then yeah, you can you can you can bring out that chant. Uh, yeah, Rangers win the home opener. 3-1 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And how nice is it to start the season with a win against a team that eliminated you from the playoffs? So comfortably, too. I mean, yeah. there, there there were very little parts of that entire game that I felt worried as a Rangers fan. Yeah. You know, the Rangers it, 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 and, and, comfortable and, and, from start to finish. Yeah. And that's a good point. You know, the Rangers were dominant on faceoffs. They 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 were dominant on sh in shots. If it wasn't for Vasilevsky, this game could have been 6-1-7-1-8-1. Vasilevsky and, kept them in the game. And it's funny because when speaking about goaltending, keeping teams in games, that would not be the case for the Minnesota Wild as the Rangers would head to Minnesota in game two. Rangers facing off against Matt Zuccarello. So as we know, Zuc, who I still have a life-size poster on on my wall right now, love Zuc, always will. You knew a guaranteed goal was going to happen from him at some point. But before we got there, the Rangers came out guns blazing against this Minnesota Wild team, a team that, again, has aspirations of making playoffs. They're a very solid team, really well coached. Uh, a lot of things to like about the Minnesota Wild. So for the Rangers to come into Minnesota and do what they did in game two was nothing short of impressive. You see Chris Kreider with his first goal of the year. And, of course, it's on the power play. Beautiful setup from Zibanejad and Panarin with the assists on that one uh, early in the first period. Then, continuing the first period, Adam Fox nets his first goal of the year, assisted by Laffey and Panarin. And then third, Artemi Panarin himself with a beautiful goal, his first of the year, assisted by Laffey and Trocek. Already a 3-0 lead for the New York Rangers in just the first period. You're feeling good if you're a Rangers fan in this matchup. And as we get to the second period early on, Matt Zuccarello, of course, does exactly what we would then see happen with Mr. Uh, Frank Vitrano in that Anaheim game, both scoring simultaneously in that left dot, sniping on Igor. For this case, Zuccarello gets it on the short side of Igor. It makes it a 3-1 game, still favoring the Rangers. And not long after, you know, as we get later on in the period, we're just around four minutes left. Phil Pedel nets a goal in front for his first of the year, assisted by Adam Fox and Barkley Goodrow. As we then advance to the third period, Vinny Trocek, who I think has been nothing short of amazing for the Rangers so far this season through the first handful of games. He nets his first of the year, a beautiful shot from the left side, and that is assisted by Panarin in the third period. Matt Boldy, the young stud for the Minnesota Wild, continuing to try to make a name for himself as one of the better players in the league, especially for Minnesota. He nets his first goal of the year, uh, literally a minute after. And then Kako Kapo, like, I can't even speak right now. Kako Kapo, Kapo nope. Kako. Yeah. 
lots of cock in there. Let's be honest, Steven. Okay. And what does Kako do? He does exactly what he did with Traverse city a couple years ago. And he goes all the way around the net being an absolute puck hog and becomes a bulldog gets in front with a beautiful backhand forehand, a dominant finish of a goal for Kako's first net of the year. That was unassisted. Rangers have a six, two lead. And that was beautiful. Cause that was only not even 30 seconds after wild scored. Thanks to Boldy there in the third. Then Matt Foley would, again, say, okay, I'm going to keep scoring. He did exactly that. He would respond not even a minute later for his second of the game and the season, but the Rangers would net their seventh and final goal uh, right around with six minutes left. Thanks to Chris Kreider's second of the year, assisted by Keandre Miller and Zbanjad. We originally thought Keandre had the goal, you know, from Minnesota, family in attendance. Unfortunately, he did not get the goal, but the Rangers still did score because Kreider got a little tip in front. Rangers would go on to win 7-3 in this matchup and just pure dominance. I mean, this was a start of really seeing this Rangers team when it came to the goal scoring be absolutely hot. And while that win transitioned into the game against Winnipeg, again, I didn't expect high scoring heading into that matchup on a back-to-back Winnipeg's first game of the year, their home opener. However, I was beyond impressed to see the Rangers come out and, again, continuing to produce at least one goal in the power play. They were 50% on face-offs. They just looked strong this entire game against the Minnesota Wild team that you expected there to be more of a high contest. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Yeah, yeah. The Minnesota Wild last season were a tough opponent for the Rangers. Uh, I, I know I was there when they uh, when they lost, unfortunately. But uh, I, I expected a, a, yeah, a good game. But this Minnesota Wild team is not as good as they were last season. Um, they lost Kevin Fiala. Um, they had to make some other moves because they had 12.4 or 12.6 million dollars in cap penalties this season. And Fiala is a good player too. That yeah, was so that they league. had to make moves to make it fit under the cap. Um, and, and you know what? It yeah, um, the Rangers came out strong. Flurry conceding seven goals in a game. They didn't even pull him uh, midway through the game. The Rangers just came out flying, and it was it was a really good game uh, and first road game. It was their home opener. You know, the Rangers played three home openers in a row, basically. Their yep. own, the Minnesota Wild, and then the Winnipeg Jets. So to come away with, with such a such a big score in Minnesota, uh, yeah, really good performance. And, you know, the, the yeah, in, in the third period, let me see here. Um, between the Vinny Trocek goal and the second Met Boldy goal, four goals in a span of two minutes and two seconds. Yeah, that was nuts. It was just bang, 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 bang. That's literally yeah, how it felt. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, the Rangers, happy that the Rangers won. 7-3 seven, seven, win. Uh, really good game by Panarin as well. You know, Panarin finishing the game with four points, a goal and three assists. Um, just doing doing everything he it's expected of him. And then Lafreniere, his first game in the top six after the Kraftsov injury uh, on opening night. Oh, good. Oh, we didn't even mention that. Great point. Yeah. yeah. Two primary assists, first on the Adam Fox goal and then on the Artemi Panarin goal. The Panarin, the Panarin pass was disgusting. Behind the net, it gets over the stick yeah, of yeah, the wild yeah. defender, too. Oh, yeah. that was that was I gotta say game. the primary assist on Fox was good too because he was threading the needle. Yes. So the, like to get it to the other side of the crease. Really good game by Lafreniere. Yeah, and then goal by Kako, goal of the season so far. Yep. Um I mean, when first it's thing Kako Capo. Don't you know? <laughs> First thing I thought of when I saw that goal was, oh, my God, Traverse City. And the Rangers 
credit to them. You know, their social media presence isn't always great, but yeah, they did a mashup of, of both goals, the yeah. one in Traverse City and the one in that game. Wasn't that against yeah. Minnesota too for Travis? That was also against the Minnesota <laughs> Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's poetic. Um, so yeah, it was beautiful mashup uh, that the Rangers posted on their Twitter account. Uh, yeah, great seven three win, two and zero, and then heading to Winnipeg to play the Jets in their third game in four nights. Um, uh-huh. I'm gonna say something that I don't often say after a loss, but the Rangers played a really good game. Um, the score line does not represent the game. Um, the Rangers created scoring chances. But Connor Hellebuck really pulled it out of the fire for them. Um, Mark Shifley scored in the first period, uh, assisted by Ehlers and Morrissey. And after that, it was just the Rangers, you know, pushing back, getting scoring chances. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't it didn't work for the Rangers. But in um, in the third period, uh, there was a carryover penalty from the second period for Philip Hedel, who got had a holding call with six seconds to go. So the Rangers started the third period on the penalty kill. And as a result, the lines were a little jumbled in the first two shifts after they got back to even strength. And uh, it resulted in uh, the line that I actually was dreading in uh, the preseason. Uh, Dryden Hunt scoring assisted by Trocek and Panarin. Um, Speaking of Dryden yeah, Hunt, he was just p- placed on waivers over the past was, hour. As we're recording now about, yeah, an hour, two hours ago, he was placed on waivers, or an hour ago. Uh, but yeah, Hunt, with his first of the season, assisted by Trocek and Panera, was the only goal for the Rangers, unfortunately. Uh, Sam Gagne put them back in the lead uh, with five, with four and a half minutes to go. And, Sam uh, Gagne's still kicking, man. He's still yeah, kicking. Sam Gagne, the only active player to ever have eight points in a single NHL game. With the Edmonton Oilers. I watched that he game. He had four yep. goals and four assists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, assisted by Saku Manalainen and David Gustafsson. And then the Rangers pull their goalie. Uh, sorry, no, the Rangers can see the power play goal by Shifley, which just short and couldn't really do much about. And then they pull their goalie, and Kyle Connor get, gets the fourth for the Jets. Um, third game in four nights, the Rangers lose, but they played much better than the scoreline indicates. The Rangers could have won this game, but Connor Hellebuck really uh, dragged it out of the fire for the Jets. What's what's your quick evaluation of uh, Yaroslav Halak in that matchup? Oh, sorry, Halak was in in that for this one. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, I, I said chess Jorkin. It's okay. Uh, I mean, Igor is going to be starting more games than yeah. not, so yeah. it's understandable. Uh, Halak had or had a good game for the Rangers. Um, I don't think if we had chess Jorkin in that for this game, we would have won it. Um, the goals that the Jets scored, I don't think chess Jorkin would have stopped those because those were. High, de- high danger scoring chances, you know, right in front of the crease. Uh, the Shifley power play goal was a really good cross crease pass. Um, there, there were just some defensive lapses, unfortunately, which then carried over to the Ducks game. But luckily, scoring was up in that one. It was up in that one. And I'm not, and hopefully, next time we do our uh, week two episodes, Stephen, you'll be able to talk about some more exciting games than those, other than, again, the home opener was solid, but I'm just taking all the goals here, because the Rangers said, you know what? We're going to go out and do the exact same thing that we basically did to the Minnesota Wild. Only difference was that there was some more sloppy defensive play by the Rangers in this matchup, but they head back home and this game so much stood out from Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Vinny Trocek. I liked how the defense looked in some parts. Not in all parts, but in some I'm happy to see guys like Zach Jones, Braden Schneider gain a good amount of playing time. 
That always makes me happy as a guy that's going to be pulling for Jones a lot this year and hoping that he stays in the lineup. But let's talk about this game because the Rangers power play. My goodness gracious. It, it was over before it even began. It felt like you see their beautiful passing early on. Rangers have a power play and they get Vinny Trocek in front for his second goal of the year. This was shortly after Ryan Strom gets his tribute by the Rangers. Of course, Ryan Strom's time with the New York Rangers was strong. You know, I think more impressive than what we initially expected from that Ryan Spooner trade all those years ago. The only great but Ryan Strom that we all know, and we're not going to beat it to death here, um, is hitting empty nets, something he cannot do. So it was quite poetic to see Trocek without even any hesitation. Was it Vitrano Tro- was it Trocek score, though, or was it Vitrano? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, wait. Oh, uh, you're throwing me off now. <laughs> was it Vitrano or was it Trocek? It's, fun- it's funny how Sam, you know, Sam always messes up players' names every game, and that's why we love him in part. But it was funny how we mentioned Vitrano, and Vitrano would go on to score in this matchup, too. So yeah. it was it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. But yeah, Trocek yeah. gets his second of the year, assisted by Zbanejad and Panarin. And then, speaking on the power play, Mika Zbanejad does what Mika Zbanejad does, gets himself a power play goal in that same period in the first, assisted by Trocek and Panarin. <laughs> then, Frankie V, again, the guy in the left dot, just like Zbanejad, not short side, but glove side this time, in and out quick, snipes his second goal of the year, first against his former team in the Rangers. It's a 2-1 hockey game as we get into the second period. In the second, Trevor Zegras early on gets his second of the year. And just like that, this game's tied up. Not even two minutes into the second period. And us Ranger fans a little frustrated after that early 2-0 lead. And it gets blown. And that's why they always say, that is exactly why they always say, you have to be careful with two goal leads. They're arguably the worst goal leads you can have in all the NHL for reasons just like that. Last season, the Rangers were terrible with two goal leads. Exactly. Thankfully, they hunt on in this one. And Capo Caco, getting his second goal of the year not long after, assisted by Zbanejad and Fox, makes it a 3-2 Rangers lead. Nice goal in front there by Caco. Then Alexi Lafreniere with a nice goal. Beautiful setup by Hedl and Truba. That would be his first of the year. Taps it in from the left side. And that makes it a 4-2 game favoring the New York Rangers. And then Artemi Panarin, beautiful right down the center of the ice, enter the offensive zone, just rips it right past the Anaheim Ducks, that beating John Gibson. And it is a 5-2 Rangers lead. Rangers just poured on with three consecutive goals in the second period. That was assisted by Fox and Lindgren. And as we get to the third, Maxime Comtois, who looks exactly like Ricardo Raquel now. I don't know if you've noticed this. He has a tin advisor. He's got the flow, you know, the dirty blonde slash brown going on, a little mustache. I thought that you would think that's Raquel if it wasn't for his hand in this being left versus Raquel being right. It's kind of funny how he's looking right now, in my opinion. No less, he gets his first of the year, assisted by Shan Kirk and Troy Terry. And then Mika Zabanjad with the beautiful snipe, the pan pending snipe from the left side. Beautiful one-timer. That is going to be his fourth of the year. Power play goal, Panarin and Fox with the assist. And then Derek Grand gets a goal that wasn't great uh, defense in front of the net there by the Rangers. He's able to tap that one in for his first of the year. Rangers go on to win 6-4 in this hockey game. And what stood out the most to me was, again, deadly power play for the New York Rangers. They did not skip a beat. They went three for four. They also won in the face-off dot again, 52 to 48. 
dominated this game from an offensive standpoint 43 shots to 22 were big with the hits 27 to 17 everything was favoring the rangers but again they did have some defensive miscues after gaining that early lead and that's something that they are certainly going to need, need to clean up in the games going forward but artemi panarin steven Artemi Panarin with his second four-point game already for the Rangers this year. Already leads the entire NHL with 10 points on the season. Mika Zibanejad right behind him with eight. So for, for everything that you've seen with the Rangers so far this year, from an offensive standpoint, how impressed are you with how they're performing? Or is this exactly what you expected from this team? Let me hear it. Well, let's start by saying that Artemi Panarin is the first Ranger ever to have 10 points in the first four games of the season. The franchise record coming into the last game was nine in four games. And who was that held by? A couple of players. Oh, shit. You know, I, I, I tweeted this. Let me let Stop me, let boy. me. Stop boy doesn't have I, the stats. I know. I was tweeting a lot during that game wow. because a lot, of, a lot of stuff happened that game. One sec. Um, and, and while Steven's looking up the stats quick, uh, again, there shout out to everyone here that's watching the show live on YouTube. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, thank you so much. Make sure to rate, review, listen, all that great stuff. Drop us a comment on YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you all so much again in advance. We appreciate you. I want to make sure I get the years as well. So Rod Gilbert in 76, Phil Esposito in 77, Pierre LaRouche in 86, and Darren Turcott in 1990 had nine points in the team's first four games. Um, so yeah, Panarin did something great at 10 points. Zibanejad is a t- has two points per game, he has eight points after four games, and he's not even leading his team in points. <laughs> that's 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 the crazy, the crazy part. Um, but yeah, no, a great game by Panarin. Um, like you said, second, second four point game, uh, and we're only four games into the season. I was hoping Panarin would come back strong. I, I know he was injured in the playoffs. He had a lower body, lower back injury in the final games of the regular season. And I don't think he really recovered from that before the playoffs started. Yep. But this is the Panarin that we want to see. And it's he not looks just better than what he did to start last year. Yeah. And it's not just the points, it's also the way he's playing. You know, the confidence, uh, players are bouncing off him. He's just playing really good hockey right now. And same for Zibanejad. That second power play goal, man, the puck. I, I thought I thought it went off the blocker. I thought it was a save because the yeah. sound that it made was so loud, but it went off the padding on the inside of the goal, and the shot was so hard that the puck bounced out of the goal all the way to the neutral zone. Yes, yeah, Sam didn't even know it was a goal at first. He thought it maybe hit a post and bounced out. He was like, "What?" <laughs> he he needed it. It went so far out of out of the net, like so far away from the net. You think it was either a blocker save or or pad save or or something but yeah that goal by by Zibanejad man he's 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 on fire early on in the season but what really stands out to me uh, Kako, Hilo and Lafreniere are all contributing and it's exactly what we needed from this team you know we need all of these guys to contribute and uh yeah um with Hunt being on waivers today that probably means Kravtsov's back in the lineup yeah, a great chance. You know, we're going to bounce back and forth with talking about a lot of different Ranger topics in this episode. But I did want to mention what was reported by a great Rangers beat writer, of course, and Vince McCurgliano. That line rushes today were the following. Kreider's Banjad Kako, Panarin Trocek, Lafreniere, Blay, Hedel, Goudreau, and then VC Carpenter and Reeves. 
So, and he said, that's what I'm guessing we'll see. So throughout the time recording this against the David Quinn ran San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Yeah. No former Rangers to score uh, on us in that game. Yep. Uh, So that's at least one, one, one positive. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, we'll see if it's, if it's Carpenter or Kraftsoff who's coming back into the lineup. One of those two, at least. Um, But yeah, this team, they're just playing really well. And, and, it took injuries to Sammy Blay and Vitali Kravtsov, but we finally have Kako and Lafreniere in the top six. And they're actually performing. That's a big thing. You know, they've mixed, they've already mixed around from being on the kid line to being in the yeah. top six or the first yeah. four, and they look comfortable wherever they are. That's yeah. something that we did not see nearly to the same degree to begin last season um, mm-hmm. and, and for the parts where they were healthy. So that's huge. You know, the question now for the Rangers is the offense is red hot. This offense is easily looking like one of the best in the NHL. Hopefully that'll stay true throughout the year. But when looking at the bottom six, a guy like Sammy Blay, what has been your take on him from his short games of performance thus far? And then from there, how do you see the Rangers going about the future of that third line, especially with the assumption that Vitali makes a return sooner than later? Um, I'm happy Sammy Blay got through a game without injury. Um, yeah. Because he he is not the type of player that, that you know, plays a full season, unfortunately, in his career. Um, hopefully he can, he can play the way he has. Uh, because when he's on the fourth line, he's a very valuable player to this team. Yes, he is. And I, this is a hilarious comment in the last oh, show. <laughs> dude, if that happens. Oh, uh, Phil DiGiuseppe is also on waivers today. So there's two two possibilities. Oh, I, I liked Phil when he was a Ranger. He was a good little player for us. But yeah, the funny comment here from Ryan is that if the Sharks claim Hunt, put him in the lineup against the Rangers and he scores, clip that. I mean, yeah, for sure. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I would that say would something. Yeah, it would. And now pivoting from offense to defense for me, you know, we've seen some miscues both from the back checking the Rangers and on the defense overall. When you look at that pair with Zach Jones and Braden Schneider, especially, what has your take been on their production so far this season? I think, I think Jones has been better than Schneider. Um, I think Galan saw it too. Um, their game against the Ducks, uh, Truba went to the locker room for a concussion protocol. Because uh, he got hit in the head with a, a shot from who was it? Uh, Troy Terry, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he went into the locker room, um, and while he was in the locker room, the, the Rangers had to go with five defensemen. But at the end of the game, I looked at the time on ice. Zach Jones played three more minutes of even strength hockey than Braden Schneider. So that's um, notable. That's very notable. I, I never understood why Jones sat for the Jets game. Uh, Hayek played that game. Um, made no sense to me. You should always go with your best play, with your best team. And I don't care if you are the biggest Libor Hayek fan in the world. Hayek is not a better player than Zach Jones. Yeah. I would say the only, the only thing that could give benefit of the doubt there is that Jones hasn't had – much of a handful of work at the NHL level at this point. So I could understand to a very certain degree as to why Gallant made that decision just to so keep it's, him fresh. It's game, it's game three of the season, man. No, no, I know. I know. That's why I'm saying I, I, to a very lesser extent, I can understand it. Yeah. But if, 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 he was, if he was 18 or 19 years old, his contract could still slide at this point of the season. Yeah. 
you know, we're talking about three games in. They're the third game of the season, and he's already putting putting Hayek in. But if you want to give Hayek game time, then send him to the AHL on a conditioning stint like they did last season. True. Yeah. Doesn't well, have to go again, through waivers. Yeah, he, this he, this, he this isn't about game. a uh, this isn't about an argument or a debate or anything. I just I think I understood it a little bit at first, but you know, no, thankfully I don't get it. I don't get it. That's if, fine. if you if you wanted to get playing time, you do it in the AHL. You you don't sacrifice your team in the NHL just to give your seven defensemen some minutes. It yep. made no sense to me at all. But yeah, I'm happy with the Joan Schneider pairing. I think they're doing really well. Um, I think in the Ducks game, the pairing that worried me was the Lindgren Fox pairing on defense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they need to tidy up a little bit. Luckily, the Rangers outscored the Ducks. It was 6-4. But um, if they have another game like that, it might result in a loss. Back-to-back games conceding four goals, not a good look. But, you know, the Rangers offensively, they make up for it. Um, yeah, defense, I think I think the defense is fine. You know, they they, they just need to shore up a little bit, uh, you know, in certain areas. But that third pair is not is not a problem at all. Yeah, I've really liked what I've seen from Jones so far. It's great to see him get the kind of leash that he has for the most part through the three games out of the four that he has started. So offensively for the Rangers, smoking hot right now. Phenomenal start for them. Defense can use some work, but again, very early in the year. Thankfully, it hasn't hurt them too bad to the point where, say, they're below 500 through the first four games. Goaltending as well. I think Igor has looked as advertised. Maybe his stats won't necessarily say that, but I expect, as always, another dominant year from Igor Shosturkin. And I didn't have any issues with Halak, too, to your point. When you look at the goals that he gave up, you can make rightful arguments that it wouldn't have been much different in this scenario were, say, Igor starting that game. At least mm-hmm. nothing of a drastic extent. But before yeah. we advance forward here in the show, so, I want to give a quick shout-out to Dave yeah. for the $2 donation. Thank you so much for that, Dave. Great friend of mine. Really appreciate you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. But going back to you. Yeah, so quickly on Shesturkin, I saw this pop up today. I, I cannot remember who, who tweeted it. But Shesturkin's save percentage in close games, so when the score is tied or a one-goal difference, 9. Uh, 0.966. So when the game's on the line, he's delivering. It's just that that game against the Ducks uh, was just defensive lapses. Um, and when you're up 5-2 five, five, or 5-3, then, then yeah, the defensive lapses happen. But no, I'm not worried about uh, about Shesturkin at all. Um, but, yeah, you know, really happy with the team so far after four games. I'm looking forward to the next four. We play, I think, the Sharks, the Blue Jackets – the Avalanche as our next three. And then on the road against the Coyotes and the Stars. Yeah, the Rangers have a couple more games at home to what you just said. Hold on, I'm just double-checking right now. So, yeah, San Jose, Columbus, Colorado, and then Islanders back-to-back. With They go from being at home to Colorado uh, versus Colorado, then back-to-back oh, yeah. Yeah, against the Islanders. And then yep. they travel to Dallas. Yeah, so I'll next time that we speak will likely be uh, next Thursday, the twenty seventh, after the Islanders game. Okay. So yes, so we'll see what happens then. Um, mm-hmm. Another four games for the Rangers, but we got we got play more to talk about for this Ranger team right now because, you know, when you look at could this team take would they take advantage of the playoff experience that they had, and I think it's safe to say they have done that tenfold already through their. Through their hot start um 
as we alluded to already with the kids, with Kako, Lafreniere especially. I mean, these guys, when they're scoring or producing scoring chances, their passing plays are looking absolutely pristine right now. They truly look like they are the most locked in that they have been in their young NHL careers already, aside from how great they were in the playoffs for the Rangers back last season. When looking at the veterans now in Panarin with his hot starts, Vanjad, Kreider, who again will continue to get the goal scoring. Can we just take a moment to appreciate Vincent Trocek and how already he looks light years ahead of Ryan Strom with his well-roundedness. This is what we were preaching when we landed Trocek to, again, a costly contract, but the upside would be you're getting a guy that's expected to have a stronger two-way game, someone that can handle face-offs better, know how to bury his shots better, especially, you know, not talking strictly empty net, but, you know, Trocek is such a great all-round player exactly what this Ranger team needs as they're going to be more of a grittier team as they continue to blossom, get older. And you need guys like Vincent Trocek, in my opinion, for po- uh, for playoffs especially. So would you agree that Trocek is exactly what this Rangers team needed? Because for me, I, I don't see how you look at it as anything else. Uh, yeah, look, Trocek, for me, it was always going to be a better player than Ryan Strome because he put up the same production as Ryan Strome without playing without Panarin and he's also better defensively he's the more complete player the Rangers got an upgrade and nothing against Ryan Strom Ryan Strom was here for what four years yeah almost four full seasons he was traded early in the 18-19 season for Ryan Spooner he was here almost for four full seasons he revitalized his career playing playing with Panarin here in New York but Panarin also benefited from him uh, but the Rangers got an upgrade in Trocek. So it worked out. Um, I still cannot wrap my head around all the things they have in common. You know, they both play center. They're both right-handed. Uh, they're both wear number 16. Their shooting per- percentage in their careers before the season started was identical, Tyler. Yes. It was identical shooting percentages like Strom and Trocek in their careers. They were born on the exact same day. I know. <laughs> it's funny as shit. My dad mentioned that in game, uh, um, game one of the year. or not. I think it was before even we played Anaheim. And I'm like, yeah, yeah Steven tweeted that out. Like as soon yeah. as we landed Trocek, everything that you need to know. It's crazy how much they have in common. But look, Trocek's the better player. He gets paid more money. He is definitely worth the extra 600000 that the Rangers are paying him. Yep. The Rangers are a better team with Trocek. And uh, I wish Ryan Strom all the best in Anaheim. I hope he's going to have a good couple of years there um, and make the playoffs with that team. Um, but, yeah, the Rangers the Rangers got an upgrade in Trocek. It's, it's, that's, that's okay. It's okay to say that. Speaking of upgrades, or at least changes, rather, the New York Rangers have a new retro coming out, reverse retro. Yeah. What, um, I think what is it? What is tomorrow. it? It's it's supposed to come out tomorrow, you said? Yeah, the official announcement announcements are tomorrow, but there are some jerseys that are already leaking. Yeah, um, I, the Predators one that is a thing of beauty. Yeah, you, yeah. Oh, um, the Oilers one. one leaked as well. Oh, what does that look like? It's a, a navy blue jersey with the uh, the oil in in the in the stone in in the in the in the asteroid. 
Yeah. Um, but the, the the drop of oil is orange. Could you um could you send that to me over Twitter? Yeah. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, I'm interested um, to see that one. The blue jackets have a black jersey with uh blue shoulders. Um not not everyone likes that one. Um the Washington Capitals uh, are going with a black version of the of the screaming eagle. Ooh, that that'll that Ovi and that's gonna look sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm not I'm not a fan of Edmonton's. Nah, it's 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 better than the original one they had with uh, with the same logo. It's better, but I would almost I I just wish they would just go back to having the base color be a normal royal blue, and then mm-hmm. having the orange shoulders. I think mm-hmm. McDavid looks beautiful in those. Yeah, yeah. No, same. I'm not a fan of navy. Only um, if it's the Rangers, because <laughs> navy and red go really well together. Yeah, the Heritage jersey was nice for the Rangers, but yeah, yeah, the leak for the Rangers uh, or the, the sorry, not the leak because uh, there is no official leak, but um, the expectation for the Rangers is a royal blue Liberty jersey, and. But isn't that look my my expectations oh, were a royal blue royal blue oh okay so it's it's just a slight tweak on what they first came out with okay yeah um look it's not that I don't like it uh because it does look nice I just wish we would get something different yeah you know and this I is w- why I hung up this is why I hung up all the jerseys to talk about it for a sec. Oh, I you forgot know, to hang on my jersey too. I'm a schmuck. That's all right. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you, have, you, I have this badge at Liberty in the closet. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you're the only you're, you're the only Mets fan that's that's still that's still in his season. Yes, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> anyway, at, so Astros and six. <laughs> so on the right we have the the Heritage jersey. Yeah. Uh, then the 2012 Winter Classic, and oh. And the 2018 Winter Classic, um, different designs. I was kind of hoping that they would have a cream color jersey like the 2012 Winter Classic. Those those are and, arguably my favorite. They're so nice. But then, but then a heritage design where you have the diagonal New York lettering in in dark blue. Ooh, that, that could work. Cool. That would have been something new. Um, if they do the royal blue for the Liberties. I almost feel like it would look better if instead of silver, where you see it like on the sleeves and the logo of the Liberty, that they have it white. Mm-hmm. I think that would make it balance better. So it's the traditional Rangers colors, yeah. essentially, yeah. but it's the Liberty logo. That would be interesting. Um, look, and and there's some Liberty jerseys there. So this is a practice jersey. Yeah. Uh, then the white Liberty that they had in, uh, I think, 99, 2000. Yeah, the, and the, then, the white liberties are the best, in my opinion. Yeah, and then the reverse retro. Um, look, if they're going with that kind of design, I just wanted something new. And we're not going to get something new, probably, because they're going to stick with what works. They're going to stick with the Liberty. Um, it's like the goalie masks. You know, every year, the Ranger goalies and uh, pick a new mask. And to me, at least, it's all the fucking same. Every year, it's just a it's another Lady Liberty one. Louis Domingue has an interesting one where he has like a red apple on the top to represent yep. the big apple. Mm-hmm. I like it because it's something different. What I would have done if I was if I wanted to design something different but still, you know, similar to what we had before, 
go with the Liberty jersey. But do you know that 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 Rangers logo they have on the sleeves? Mm-hmm. The 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 silver logo, the, like the almost like the metallic one. Yeah, I like that one. Put that logo on the front and put the Liberty logo on the shoulder. That would look cool. That would like to be a reverse. Try something new. You're reversing something. That would look, it would be like the equivalent to like as we're watching, if people are listening to podcasts, you want to understand, but like the 2012 Rangers were a classic, you know, having the plate in front, do that, but with the Statue of Liberty plate that they have on the shoulder, as you're saying. That yeah. would look cool. That yeah. would look pretty damn cool. Actually, mm-hmm. that sounds interesting. Yeah. And, and it's a reverse retro, not not a rehash retro. The Rangers are just going with. I guess you could say they go with what works, but I wish they would just take a risk. You know, try something new. Yeah. Try something daring. If it doesn't work out, who the, who cares? I think I think this is where the whole being the New York Rangers, as I view them as the Yankees, a hockey kick in. You know, they're they they're so old school in certain mm-hmm. ways that they don't want to break. those barriers too much you know what i also love that other teams are doing which the rangers will never do and this i cannot blame them for i mean this i completely i'm I'm on their side like the anaheim ducks having a uh angels crossover warm-up jersey yeah that'd be cool or the arizona coyotes did it with the diamondbacks oh when they've done it with the diamondbacks when it is their diamondbacks retro yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. The purple. Uh, the oh. Dallas Stars did it with it with it with uh, uh, Texas Rangers a couple of years ago, a warm up jersey. And the reason the Rangers will never do this, and I kind of agree with it with them on this, you're basically alienating half your fan base because you have to choose Yankees or Mets, and you're never going to please everyone. They should split it. Oh no, that's terrible. That's one of those one of those or of those or they that, or no. they have like in practice for warm ups. Maybe they have the forward group were Yankees and then the defensive core oh, were Mets. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I really loved the pinstripe pads that Lundquist had during the stadium series. Those were sick. I mean, even as a guy who's not a Yankees fan, it, yeah, it, it yeah. was fitting, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, when we're talking about reverse retro, um, the, the expectation is that it's going to be a royal blue with the Lady Liberty logo, which is fine. Um, where did you hear that from, by the way? Oh, um, they're just, just rumors on, on social media. They haven't, they haven't released anything yet. There are no, no leaks, uh, of an actual photo of a Jersey and, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, uh, a Liberty Jersey, a Royal blue Liberty Jersey is fine. It's nice. It's, it's still kind of fresh because we haven't had it in that color yet. Why do they wait to drop these like during the season though? Oh, would it make, wouldn't it make more, more sense for them to drop them like maybe right before the season opener so that way you can get that out there as soon as possible? Maybe, maybe. I don't know what the reason behind it is. Maybe it's a log- uh, logistical issue with Adidas. Um, but some retailers have already said that they won't have the jerseys in stock until mid-November. Yeah, I mean, that's expected. I mean, can we can we really be upset by something that happens every freaking time the NHL does something? No, I'm not upset. No. I, I'm. Yeah. It's it's a cliche saying as a father to their kid. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm, disappoint. I'm just disappointed. Yes, yeah. There's this meme of a guy holding up a sign that says, 
our expectations were low, but holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time the NHL does something, that one, like by pinpoint accuracy. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, uh, what I love about the new reverse retro line, and I don't think a lot of people touched on this because it's a very subtle thing. The NHL logo on the collar is the black and orange one. Yes. Yeah. I noticed that right away. I think that's yeah. sick. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Now that's 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 really retro. I love that. Um, yeah, that, that makes that makes me think of like 98 90s NHL, etc. were yeah. I almost think of you know when they were under Nike as well, mm -hmm. which is yeah. something that I do think will happen with the NHL because they are really, not renewing really it. Yes. I just want them to go back to CCM. CCM does the jerseys in junior hockey. Yeah. You know, let's I just don't think they will though. Just let CCM do it, man. They're, it's quality. It's quality stuff. But yeah, um, the last thing I'll say about this, if it is this jersey, I like it. I just wish it was their normal third jersey and then have something daring for the reverse retro. Like I, the almost, I almost wish that they just they kept the navy blue Liberty again this year and yeah. then the reverse mm -hmm. retro is something else and more daring. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And the Dallas Stars did this. The Dallas Stars had their black and neon green jersey as their third jersey. And then they had that that white one with uh, with the star silhouette. Yep. Uh, as their reverse retro. That was too white. That was a bit too much for me as well. Yeah. Um, it looked like a practice jersey, which is also my gripe with the original reverse retro. The one that's over there, that one. Yeah. When they when they changed the sleeves and removed the red, it turned it into essentially a practice jersey it looks like a practice jersey this is this is what sucks about you know branding marketing nowadays is because everything's getting back to being simplistic mm. and you that don't min minimalistic design is the yes. death of creativity yes you you can keep minimalistic design in the business field you don't need to have it in a fucking hockey jersey okay like stupid. yeah yeah Look, I'm just glad that at least it's the full Lady Liberty logo and not just the NYR lettering. Mm -hmm. That that would have been point. really lame. Oh my god, it there would be no point. Literally, the whole point of the Liberties is because how much we love the Liberty logo because it looks yeah. sick. Yeah, imagine yeah. if they just went with NYR like those Team USA jerseys, just like a big N no. and an R. No, disgusting. No, no. Uh, but yeah, look, it's God, a new jersey. Uh, I'm probably gonna buy one because I, I know you to, will. I love oh. to support my team, and uh, financially, and you know, in the crowd, and I want to wear the new reverse retro jersey. I just wish they were a little bit more creative. It just feels like they're mailing it in. Not as much as the Red Wings did in the first reverse retro. No, those are the practice jerseys. Woof, those were bad. Yeah. Um, my favorite reverse retro from from one from the one point series is probably the the avalanche with avalanche the, avalanche with the, sick yeah with I, burgundy nordiques logo that was a really cool one for me there's i i think there's one team i'm forgetting but i probably have to go with the coyotes i love oh them. yes was Those that the purple were, one yes so, because they reminded me a lot of the Arizona Diamondbacks as well, mm. some more colorway from how the D backs had it back when they first started their franchise. My yeah. favorite colorway of all time for like any sports. If you have like black, purple, 
then you maybe mix an orange or a green the way that they do it just comes together so nice in my opinion i love that i think the devil's one is gonna be a really nice one this this year it's they could do a lot they can make themselves look badass they just need to have a black jersey again in my opinion well from what i've seen it's gonna be a white jersey with the devil's design but in the colorado rockies logo uh color scheme uh, so it's going to be a New Jersey Devils yeah. logo, but in the. But it's going to have the royal blue and the yellow and the red. They're going to look like a blue, circus. Yellow. Yeah, blue, yellow, red. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see how that looks. I'm either going to love it or I'm going to hate it. I just think when I think of the Devils, they just feel like a team that you should make yourselves menacing if you're going to represent yeah. the name. Go and all think, black. It doesn't need to be green yeah. always. I think the, the Bruins are going to go with another Pooh Bear jersey. Uh, well, it's not like they have many other options at this point. No. But and this is something that that my fiance actually pointed out. So credit goes to her. Um, Patrice Bergeron will be the only player to have worn both jerseys in an official game because he made his NHL debut in the year that had the Pooh Bear jersey in 03 or 04. Oh wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, look, reverse retro. They're all gonna drop tomorrow. There's gonna be some hideous designs. They're gonna be some beautiful designs. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning one's gonna be terrible. Because it's it's gonna be sublimated. They're gonna have it's 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 not gonna be stitched on like the Liberty logo. They're gonna have the design sublimated into like dye sublimated into the fabric. Ah. Uh... And I know I know North American hockey fans don't like that because it's very no. Weird. It looks cheap. That's it what I think. Cheap. It looks cheap. It looks like a Chinese knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there, I think there's going to be a couple that are nice. Like the Blue Jackets one, it's daring. You know, you go with a black jersey with them blue on the shoulders. It's – I just wish – if I were, if I was in charge of the Blue Jackets reverse retro jersey, I would have gone with a cream-colored cannon design. Yeah. Simple. You already have, which in my opinion is the more beautiful logo out of the two, the cannon. The cannon should be the logo for the Blue Jackets. Not not that weird star that that you know with wh- where the trail turns into the Ohio flag. I feel like I feel like their logo could look a lot better if maybe the color scheme was a little bit different. I don't know. There's something about the navy blue that maybe I don't like. It's still but better if they go than to the Royal than their two Rangers, I guess. Yeah, it's still better than the one they had in their first couple of years with the green Muppet on it. Oh, that was terrible. But you know, I, I think I think that's enough jersey talk for one episode. Yeah. Yeah. So why, why don't why don't we I'm only just throw it to you, Steven, before we wrap it up. What are all the latest prospect updates regarding this team that you'd like to share with us? Uh well, yeah, it's mostly in juniors, of course, because uh juniors kicked off I think a week and a half ago. Um, but as expected, Brennan Othman off to a flying start. You know, he's again the captain for the Flint Firebirds. He has 13 points in seven games, seven goals, six assists um, on a team that's not really that good of a team, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, they're, they're losing a lot of games, like 7-2, 7-3, where Offman still gets two or three points. So he's involved in most of their goals. It's it's really impressive. Um, and uh, Maxim Barbashev in uh, in the QMJHL uh, is having, is having a, a good start to the season. Um, it's interesting for me to actually watch a player in the queue again because we haven't had a prospect in the queue on JHL since like an exciting prospect, probably since Anthony Duclair mm-hmm. in uh, in 2015. Yep. 
But yeah, for the Moncton Wildcats, Maxime Barbashev, who is the younger brother of Ivan Barbashev on the St. Louis Blues, has four goals, two assists for six points in eight games. And then the third one I want to highlight is the new captain of the Sioux Greyhounds in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, three goals, four assists for seven points in eight games for third-round pick Bryce McConnell-Barker. Nice. I think this – if I look at, la, at at this year's draft for the Rangers, and it might just be an easy pick because they're the highest – the two highest draft picks, but Adam Shakora, who went back to Slovakia, of course, is going to be uh, someone to keep an eye on. But I think Bryce McConnell-Barker is going to surprise a lot of people. He had 49 points in 68 games last season, and he was playing in a, in a, on the third line in a shutdown role as a draft eligible in the OHL. So I think he's going to uh, he's going to have a really good season for the Rangers. And then in the WHL, there's Jaden Grube with the Red Deer De, Red Deer Rebels, yep, and Talon Boyko of the Kelowna Rockets who signed his ELC. Um, he was assigned to the Kelowna Rockets only a couple of days ago because he spent a uh, training camp with the Rangers, then the Wolfpack, and then the Jacksonville Icemen in the ECHL. That's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's ready for, for for the season. He had three training camps. So. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so one kid in college I would like to point out, Jaroslav Knalars, the Czech winger that we drafted last year in 2021. Yes. He joined the Providence Friar, so he is the teammate of Brad Berard now. They play on the top line together. Oh, sweet. There you go. Build so, that chemistry. You never know. Yeah. yeah, and college games are usually on the weekend, so if you keep an eye out for uh, uh, prospect schedules on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, and there is a game for the Providence Friars, yeah, uh, try to uh, to set some time apart to watch those games. It's When you get to watch two Ranger prospects in, on one line, that's usually worth it. Are you excited to watch the Wolfpack this year? Uh, the Wolfpack, uh, I mean, the defensively, the Wolfpack are hurting. Um, Zach Jones, Braden Schneider are full-time NHLers now. Jared Tenorti was claimed off waivers. Nils Lundqvist was traded to the Dallas Stars. I wonder that's how four. Nils is doing to start the year, by the way. I didn't even think yeah. about that. There's four defensemen that the Wolfpack are losing compared to what they had last season. Uh you know what? Let's let me quickly look up Nils Lundqvist then. Uh, yeah, I think defensively they're going to struggle a little bit, but they did get Julian Gauthier, uh, who cleared waivers. Okay. Who uh, could help them offensively? Yes. Yep. He had a goal in his first game. Yeah. Dryden Hunt uh, is on waivers today. If he clears, that gives them that that gives them some uh, some offensive upside. Nils has one assist in three games, by the way, and okay. he's averaged fifteen to sixteen minutes per game. Yeah, I think he's on. I'm not sure if he's on the top pair with Heiskinen or on the second pair, but he's he's on the first power play unit for them. Good, good, good for him. Um, so yeah, defensively, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Robertson needs to step up big time. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Scanlon is another one. Uh, he was one of the top undrafted free agents in college last season. The Rangers got him, uh, so hopefully he can make a big step up. Um, and then, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens next with the, with the Wolfpack, but not as exciting as I was, uh, not as excited as I was a year ago. Yeah. Because it was just not last year, you know, we had Schneider, we had Lundqvist, we had Jones. So defensively, there was a lot to look forward to. On offense, you have Will Cooley, uh, Bobby Trevino, Laurie Pauliniemi is back for another season. 
Petrik Kotorenko is one of the more seasoned young guys. He's 24 now, I think. Ryder Korzak. Um, uh, Ryder Korzak uh, made the jump from juniors. Carl uh, Henriksen is eligible to play this year, so he's in Hartford. Uh, so we have a lot of new uh, fresh blood, like Matt, Matt Rempe is another one who came over from juniors from the Seattle Thunderbirds. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I think what's important for the Wolfpack is to uh, to to hold on to their veterans, guys like Brodzinski um, and Gautier. If they can play in Hartford the whole season, that's going to be a huge uh, uh, a huge boost for them. Because last year it fell apart when Brodzinski and Greco were called up. Yeah. The guy I just remembered too from the AHL, and then we'll wrap things up, is a Jake Elmer. I know he didn't play much in the AHL last year. He was mainly playing the ECHL, but he was one of those pickups that reminded me. Um, I don't think he played college hockey, but Bobby Bobby Trevino, I'm interested in. You know, he's a guy that excites me. I, I think I that think, I think Elmer played for the Lethbridge Bridge Hurricanes in the WHL. I want to say you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um I'm trying yeah, to think, is there, is there one other guy I'm thinking of that the Rangers signed out of college that did pretty well in college, um, aside from Bobby Trevino? Uh, there's got to be one. Yeah, the one. defenseman I just mentioned, uh, Brandon Scanlon. Oh, yes, yes, okay. Yeah. And, oh, of course, they got Ty Emerson in the Nemeth trade. So that's a defenseman yep. that could pick up some minutes. They signed Andy Walinski, who's a, who's a veteran defenseman. So it's not all bad. They they just need to uh, need to keep that together. Ben Harper signed with them, by the way. Yes, I saw he's the Tenori replacement essentially. Basically, yeah, because he also played for the Milwaukee Admirals and the Nashville Predators. So that's definitely Tenori material. Um, yep. Yeah, he played how many games did he play? He played 156 games in the NHL. So there's experience there to uh, to dip into. But yeah, um, we'll see what happens with the Wolfpack. Uh, it's early still. They've only played two games. What do you think is for Bobby? Because he was really coveted um, that we saw coming out of college. What do you think his ceiling is? Do you think he's a guy that could be pesky and maybe crack the Rangers bomb six as like peak in his career? Yeah, um, I think he could be a third line player in the NHL. It's probably going to take a year or two for him to get there. You know, he has to get used to the pro level, and not every player makes that jump straight from college to the NHL. Yeah. Um, but having him in a system is is definitely uh, is definitely nice. That nice. And growing up a Rangers fan too from New York, there's always yeah. a little extra spice to it. Personally, I don't I don't really care about that stuff. I care more about how good a player is, but. Now, I understand for people that are from New York, you know, when they see like Adam Fox from Jericho, go, oh, well, I know where that is. You know, I, I yeah. went to school in Jericho or, uh, you know, wherever Bobby Trevino is from. Let me see, actually. Uh, do you know off the top of your head where he's from? No, but I have his hockey DB pulled up. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, I'm, open, I'm opening it here. Sitakit? Yes, yeah, Sitakit, New York. Yep. Is that Long Island? I wouldn't know. I would not know. I'm from New York, but I, I haven't lived there long enough to See, know. That's why I asked out. you. I mean, I expect yeah. you to know. Yeah. You know, uh, I apologize. Sitaka, poor he's, Jefferson. And he's a short king like me, five seven, not even a buck seventy. Yeah. I'm I'm rooting hard for him. He's he's my Ty Ronnie 2.0 because Ty did not work out. <laughs> yeah. It's it's on the north side of uh, Long Island near Poor Jefferson. Okay. So Stony Brook. Let's... All right. 
Okay. Cool. All right. Well, you know, any Rangers history with number 66? I want to say no. No. Yeah. Number 66, uh, like number 68 and number 69, is not even handed out during prospect camp. Man. Yeah. If only the Rangers had a number 66 a couple decades ago. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, no, 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 number sixty-six. Um, and yeah, um, we're gonna have in in three weeks when we have episode number sixty-nine, we can skip this section entirely. Uh, no, we, we can have fun with it, Stephen. <laughs> we could maybe go over Rangers that wore number sixty-nine elsewhere. Oh, I didn't realize uh, Satake is um, in uh, Suffolk County, which is where I'm from. So, yeah, my dad just texted me that. He said, he said, yeah, no, it's just it's east of Greenlawn because I'm from Greenlawn, um, okay. Long Island. And okay, so again, further, re- I love this kid. I'm buying his jersey. Okay, right, okay. there you go. There I'm you replacing go. Zook with him on my wall soon. Stay tuned. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, yeah. So no number sixty six for the Rangers. All righty, folks. Well, this is number 66 of Rangers Review. We thank you so much for watching here on YouTube. On the Rangers Review YouTube channel, make sure to smash that like and subscribe on. Next episode, we will, we will gladly try to take some uh, questions from you lovely Ranger fans. And, of course, if you're listening where we get your podcasts, make sure to rate, review, all that great stuff. Thank you so much. And before we get out of here, Davis Douglas with another Beyond Generous $20 donation. Thank you so much for that, Davis. Greatly appreciate you, my friend. He says, any idea why Schneider changed numbers? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Stephen, or no? He, because he wanted to? Yeah. It, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I like the 45 on him. Me but too. it is what it is. It's okay. Me too. As um, long as he doesn't play like Delzato, I think we're in good hands. He wore number two in juniors. He wore yep. number two in Hartford in his first season there. Um, of course, he had 49 last season. Yeah, going to number four, look. Um, you say Delzado. I just hope he doesn't turn into Michael Koska. The last time the Rangers had a pairing with the jersey numbers four and six was a game against the Jets in 2011 with Michael Koska and Jeff Wojvitka. Something we can all forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll take Jones Schneider over those two any day. Just, yeah. just a little bit. All a right, folks. That'll do it. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And Stephen. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.